Support for this podcast comes from TextKernel, where the future of recruitment meets the power of AI, helping you connect people and jobs better. Are you ready to take your talent acquisition game to the next level? Look no further than TextKernel, the global leader in AI technology that helps staffing, commercial and government organisations make sense of data and find the right talent effortlessly. If you're looking to connect the right people with the right jobs, TextKernel's AI-powered software makes sourcing and matching easier than ever before. For over 22 years, TextKernel has been helping professionals like you streamline and optimise sourcing, recruitment and talent management processes. With their suite of solutions, you can easily collect and analyse workforce data, manage your talent pipeline, enhance candidate engagement, and automate time-consuming tasks. From simplifying CV parsing and enriching data, to intelligent job matching and labour market insights, they've got you covered. The best part? TextKernel seamlessly integrates with popular CRM and ATS platforms, such as Salesforce, Bullhorn, SAP SuccessFactors, Oracle, TalentSoft, cornerstone and more saving you time and resources so you can focus on what matters most join the ranks of top corporate hr and staffing teams who trust TextKernel, including companies like manpower netflix and kelly their ai powered technology has proven its worth in the industry ready to unlock recruitment success visit textkernel.com that's t-e-x-t-k-e-r-n-e-l Com and discover how their solutions can revolutionise the way you can connect people and jobs better and faster and with more confidence. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 530 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Despite the current economic issues, many businesses face a talent crisis. Skill shortages are part of the picture, but perhaps most worrying for business leaders are low levels of employee engagement and retention, as expectations of the employment experience continue to evolve rapidly. So, What can employers do to build workforce resilience and get the competitive talent advantage they need to drive long-term value? My guest this week is Tammy Browning, president at Kelly OCG. Kelly OCG has recently published a comprehensive piece of research looking at workforce resilience. In our conversation, Tammy shares the findings and talks us through the three strategic pillars that are helping employers to build a resilient workforce. Hi, Tammy, and welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Thank you again for having me. An absolute pleasure to have you back on the show. Please, could you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Yeah, happy to. I am the president of Kelly OCG, and Kelly OCG is an outsourcing and consulting organization that focuses specifically in the managed service space, or MSP, as well as recruitment process and outsourcing. We manage some of the largest global MSPs in the world. And so we have a a unique bird's eye view into what corporations are doing around the globe. 
And um, once more, I think last time you were on, we were talking about a report that you had just produced and you've recently published your 2023 Global Rework Report. Give us some background to that. What's the rationale? What's the methodology? What's the report all about? Yeah, actually, we did launch it again for 2023. But you know, it's fascinating. We launched this report back in 2017, initially out of our APAC region. It was a it was an idea to be able to give corporations a, a roadmap, if you will, for what the talent and organizations were thinking and feeling during the pandemic. And with such wonderful reviews, we expanded that to include the rest of the globe. And this year in 2023, what's most exciting is not only did we interview the 1,500 C-suite level executives, we also interviewed over 4,200 individuals, the talent. This is the first time that we've been able to bring together the voice of the talent and the voice of the organizations in one report. And we did that across 11 different countries. So the report really is, is still focusing on overall talent and corporations around workforce resiliency. And it's also going to, you're going to hear a lot from me about sort of what the report is suggesting is the huge disconnect between what the talent wants and what the corporations are asking for. Absolutely. I mean, what a great sample size to, um, you know, to, to work from. And what an important time as well, because it feels like we're at this kind of massive crossroads when it comes to talent and work and talent acquisition and all those kind of things. So, um, you know, really interested to kind of hear, hear, hear sort of more about what you found. Picking up on that thing straight away about what talent wants from employers and where the mismatch might be. We've heard so much about the great resignation, quiet quitting, whatever the next one is. It's obvious that there's a lot going on there. How are people feeling at work at the moment? I think it's safe to say right now, employers are just really, frankly, failing to meet the needs of the talent in many areas. And, you know, the report itself is showing that very clearly this great resignation or quiet quitting is is truly here and it is here to stay. In fact, 28% of the talent say they are very likely to leave their employer in the next 12 months. Now, that's actually down from last year, but is still a staggering number when you consider that organizations use their talent really for their global strategies, initiatives, and engagement. And when you look at the talent suggesting throughout the port report that they're feeling unloved, overworked, underwhelmed, overlooked, it's just an alarming wake-up call for corporations and globally around the world to do something slightly different uh, it's it's really an interesting time that we're in where the talent still is saying, listen, throughout the pandemic, maybe corporations did some wonderful things and we've really gone backwards. And the talent is saying that their organizations aren't delivering on the promises that they made over the previous three years around DE&I, uh, keeping talent top of mind when it comes to mental health, really creating paths and career paths for organizations. And the talent's saying... It was a bunch of lip service uh, is really what the report is showing. Let's dig into the DEI part of that first, because that's something that the employers said was was incredibly important to them and their biggest focus. What, what's actually happening in practice? You know, it's, it, organizations today, let's, let's be really fair to the organizations. There's been a lot coming at every company around the world. It doesn't matter what region you're in. There's been some sort of unrest in the geographical landscapes that we're in today. And there's also been economic headwinds that have really changed the mindset of, of many organizations over the last several years. But 
in particular this year. And so I think the intentions of organizations have always been correct and right. But 47% of executives admit, and I use the word admit really clearly, that DEI is only lip service or, or a check the box exercise. And only 22% of them have actually done something about it, such as, you know, creating programs for that underrepresented talent group that uh, many companies said, you know, we will focus on finding ways and pathways for this talent to find work in ways that enrich their lives. And then there's this other notion that comes out in the report around DEI fatigue and the fact that there's been so much time spent on it over the last couple of years. Why? 13% of executives believe that the demanding workloads and sort of this under-resourced uh, impact that's happened across organizations has been really to the forefront. In fact, again, back to that mental health and well-being, there was a lot of pressure around putting uh, programs in place, yet only 18% of executives say that their culture, the actual employee culture, is adopting of these types of changes. And what's staggering about that is it's down from 33% from 22. So meaning organizations that really felt like they were going to put all these initiatives in place, DEI initiatives, 30% decline year over year in this report in terms of how it is resonating with the workforce and how it's being culturally adopted within their organizations. And so there's this disconnect between what the talent is saying, the talent specifically, 43% of them say that they feel in a non-inclusive environment, that the behaviors of the employer hasn't changed, that they believe that they still intend on leaving and don't feel, again, that they feel unloved and overworked. Uh, it's, it's a fascinating disconnect. And can you touch a little bit more on the sort of the mental health part of this um, and also the career pathway, the other things that are driving this discontent? Yeah. So when you think about mental health and you think about organizations' um, ability to make them feel like they're safe and secure in their jobs, feeling like they're not overworked, feeling like they're part of an organization, feeling connected to the purpose and the meaning of a company... When you have a, the disconnect that we have where corporations are saying, we've put initiatives in place, but the culture is either not aligning to it, or frankly, we're don't, we don't have enough resources or people to manage it from a long-term perspective to ensure that the organization is adopting the strategies that we put in place, it's falling to the wayside, which is why the report declined so drastically from uh, 2022 20, uh, to 2023. So I think what organizations really need to do is make sure that they're aligning their initiatives, their core initiatives, their strategies, and their visions for talent attraction, talent sustainability, and overall resiliency in their organization to ensure that they don't have a mass fallout of talent. Again, that organizations are expecting you know, nearly 25% of the workforce to resign in the next year. It's important that for their own sustainability as a company, their business continuities, their uh, you know corporation initiatives, that those things don't get forgotten during this uh, very unsettled time in our world today. As you say there, you know, a quarter to a third of the workforce planning on changing jobs. I mean, the, the, the impact of that is huge. Is, is that something that leaders are, are recognizing in terms of the threat to their organizations? I think so. I think there's this idea that it is a concern. I think talent attraction, talent retention is still top of mind for many corporations. It's the, it's the how and what we need to do as companies to sustain that. And when you think about, you know, kind of going back to 
that notion of quiet quitting. So you think, you know, 25 to 28% of, of people plan on leaving. Then you have 45% of that population that says they've been quiet quitting. And frankly, Matt, I was one of those uh, people as a leader and as driving a, a global organization that didn't subscribe to this notion of quiet quitting. I've always felt like quiet quitting was uh, something that had been happening since the beginning of time. But when you think about 28% plan on leaving and 45% are quiet quitting, it doesn't leave a whole lot of people engaged in the overall organizational strategy. And so what we're seeing is, is really productivity declines. We're seeing corporations suggest that their overall outcomes, their business performance is, is, is struggling, their financial performance is struggling. So it's a, it's a real issue that we as, as employers and as voices for the talent need to be able to highlight this disconnect between both, both the talent and the company's philosophies around how they're engaging their workforce. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi everyone, I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com slash pod. That's www.wonolo.com slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. In the report, you talk about resilience leaders um, in terms of what employers can do to to deal with some of these some of the, some of these issues moving forward talk to us about that and you know talk to us about workforce resilience and what what the key elements of this are yeah so when you think about workforce resilience first it's really when an organization makes a conscious effort to build the necessary workforce strategies to remain competitive and successful in the business market regardless of the dynamics that are being thrown at them every given day. And so workforce resiliency really breaks down and the way we break it down in the report is in four critical areas. So think of it like workforce agility, which is that scalability of using your workforce in an objective way in the shifting market. So those are uh, things like using outsourcing firms, consulting firms, contingent labor, making sure that you're bringing people in to do the work necessary and focusing on business outcomes and objectives. So that's workforce agility. The other, again, creating this resiliency is, is organizations that are focusing on diversity, equity, inclusion as top of mind. That It's that connectivity of the talent to the work that is is purposeful for them. So it's DEI and purpose are very important. Workforce capability. So it's sort of the right mix of talent that's equipped with the right strategies, both digitally enabled as well as organizational future business objectives, and really making sure that those things are all in alignment together and working in concert. Businesses that sort of struggle with that 
and need to strengthen that really find that they reach their full potential. In fact, 46% of leaders say that the difficulties in finding and retaining talent are really their primary reason for missing their business opportunities and their objectives. So again, 46% of of organizations say if we don't have a resilient workforce, we're more likely to not meet our financial goals, our business objectives, and our outcomes. And talk to us more about the pillars that these things are built on and what sort of percentage of, of leaders are actually embracing them. Yeah. So when you think about the the overall organization, so there are in the report, we have really the two different types of executives. We have those that are really embracing of what we call workforce resiliency. And then we have the laggards or the organizations that are just falling behind for whatever reason. And about 33% of organizations are in fact in the laggard category. So when you think about they're not putting these pillars in place and they are in fact seeing their business objectives decline, they're seeing a talent attraction decline, they're struggling to retain talent. And frankly, they're struggling to even uh, bring in new business as a result of, of not having all of those initiatives in place. So again, the executives that are, are, are suggesting, 53% of them are suggesting a more profitable workplace uh, as a result of having a resilient workforce. So 53% of executives say we're more profitable, we're more scalable, we're more sustainable, and our turnover has declined as a result of having those pillars in place. One of the things that we haven't talked about in in detail is AI and automation. And I think it's probably against the law these days to have an interview where you don't talk about AI. (laughs) So I just wanted to to ask you about that. You know, what are the kind of attitudes from employers and employees towards AI and how it's going to sort of affect things moving forward? I think it's the million dollar question, right? Uh, Maybe we should ask ChatGPT what they think about that question. But, you know, I, I think what's what's really happened, it's been an interesting journey to watch over the last three years, particularly in the report. But to keep in mind, employees are skeptical about the impacts of technology in AI and in the workplace, but they are not opposed to it. And we've been reporting on that from the very beginning. In fact, 71% of talent actually thinks AI in their job or AI in business performance or tools or resources available to them, they're very excited about it. In fact, 33% of them say they feel like it's a more positive outcome as for them as an employee. So again, 71% say, I'm all for it. 33% have said, it's helped my job. So workforce resilient leaders are really ahead of the pack on making sure that they're implementing automation, AI, where possible. 61% are successful at doing it. So it's not always as easy as it sounds. Only 33%, back to your question on, you know, kind of the two types of organizations, 33% of the laggards are, are really not addressing technology in the workplace or just don't have enough knowledge base to be able to drive it into their organization. So companies are using technology to automate repetitive tasks. They're looking at increasing employee engagement. They're looking at you know how they can drive uh, different talent strategies using uh, AI. So they're even using AI to attract and retain talent. So really resilient workforces are doing that. In fact, we've got a handful of companies today when you think about the fact that we are a global employer and in fact provide talent across many of the global Fortune 100. When you think about that, we have many that are using AI every day 
in how they're um, looking at jobs or categories or labor categories of using bots or um, as we call our digital worker, our Kelly Fusion worker, where we put an indiv- uh, a, a bot in place of an individual. And this is becoming more and more the norm in some uh, jobs today. I think we will see what was AI talked about for the last 10 years really come top of mind here in this next year. And what's going to be even more fascinating is what our reports will say in the coming years around the adoption of automation and the upskilling and reskilling of the talent necessary to get them to the next level in their career so we can enable the technology to do what it can do and enable the talent to do what is necessary because it's very clear that humans were always going to be necessary in the workforce. It's how can we supplement them and how can we use technology to our benefit and really help with talent attraction and talent engagement across across our corporations. I suppose sort of focusing in as a final question on on what your future reports might say you you obviously the the report paints quite a challenging picture here for 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 many in employers with you know a huge amount to do to get to where they need to be are you optimistic for the future do you think that the needle will start to move where do you think we might be in another two years time I think what we've found in the report, and and because I mentioned early on, this report is the first that we have the voice of the talent. It will be interesting to see how that changes dynamically next year in the report. Because when we look at it from the corporation perspective, or those 1,500 C-suite executives, we saw some pretty significant movement. Um, Some of the statistics I gave, you know, the 53% of executives say they're Profitability is improved as a result of a resilient workforce, but that's actually down 62% from the prior year. So meaning their priorities are shifting every day in every corporation. And I think any of us that are keeping an eye and, and a pulse on what's happening economically and the headwinds that we're facing, we need to be much more ahead of what the talent is saying and what the corporation's needs and demands are. So I suspect what we'll see is a disconnect again next year. I think there are so many priorities coming at every executive uh, in every major corporation that the talent is often the last thing they're thinking about. And I would just suggest that uh, for a long-term future, I hope that's not the case in the report next year. My desire would be that we would see a significant pivot back to the resilient, the pillars that we discussed and the resiliency in the workforce, because I think there's this disconnect again between profitability of a company and how you can become more successful through your talent. And instead, what our reports are suggesting, and I believe what even next year's report will suggest is that the talent is the afterthought. So how do we put the talent back into the, into the, the, you know, the thought leadership that we need them to be in, which is really helping us become stronger organizations over time. Thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. My thanks to Tammy. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.